This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, front and center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. What is up, Rotoviz family? Welcome back to the On the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. You can find me at Salido FF, and of course, my fellow co-host at Matt Jones TFR and at TJ Calkins as well. We're here to take you game by game through the main slate for Week Eight, guys. Uh, we've talked about it. We talked about it on Sunday. I think we groaned about it on Monday. We talked a little bit about it before we got on the air. We did not have a fun time watching that Sunday night game be left on the main slate and our lineups just get chopped down. I don't know exactly the extent of how badly you guys got chopped down, but I, if you if you were looking, I was holding down the On A Daily DFS Listener League from literally 1 o'clock till 7.30. And then I ended up in sixth place. <laughs> I I locked up and like, look at this. What a 195. Last week, I believe the winner was in the 170s. I'm like, 195. This is beautiful. I'm, it's a nice little you know payday. I'll take that. And we got locketed and we got murdered. And we got all kinds of things that went on in a late game. That is the reason why we don't like seeing those Sunday games left on the main slate. Matt, you had said something about earlier games being moved around this year and not getting left on the main slate. So uh, was it just that that killed you or were your it's already done before we got to that night game? No, I, I mean, if if it was just, you know, like a a normal <laughs> a normal game, I think I probably would have been fine. Like if there were no fifty point scores, I think it would have been okay. Um I I my cash lineup put up like one eighty and I mean usually that's like a you know, ninetieth percentile outcome and it ended up being like probably somewhere in the forties in the uh, in the double ups. So 
Uh, not great. Not a great week. Luckily, I didn't play a ton of volume because I, I wasn't crazy about my cash team in the first place. Uh, so you live and you learn, right? Yeah, I had a lot of cash team. I was really similar to Sal. Uh, going into the late game, I was uh, just about 4Xing and ended up losing like 50%. So it uh, it definitely fell off the map, and I was just off locking. I didn't play locking at all. I played a lot of DK. And yeah, I did well, late swap. I, I, I swapped off of off of uh, locket to, to Metcalf. Oh, that was fun. Oh. Yeah, I, put, I put a lot yeah. of shark in Sunday morning too, so that was that didn't work out. Yeah. Yep. Well, we we saw some other good things happen. We'll get to those those players, some guys that we did have in our lineups that did pay off. That uh, got a little bit, maybe got a little bit pricey. Voice, Matt, you heard it. Um, <laughs> that's the voice. But guys, let's let's jump into week eight. Let's get into the slate. Uh, we do lose uh, a few teams to the bye week this week. Arizona and Washington. And I don't know. There's two other teams on there too that I don't care about because they're not on the slate. <laughs> so let's jump into the Colts. The Colts and the Lions. We got a a 51 point total in this game. The Colts are coming off of the bye week, guys. Jonathan Taylor back at 6,600 dollars. He's facing the 30th ranked running back defense on the year. Far he's had a floor right around 15 points a week, 14, 15, 20, maybe around 11. So let's call it 15 points for a floor. He hasn't been getting lead back, true lead back touches. TJ, is there any chance that you think with the bye week, they put it into place where now he would be a legitimate true lead back going forward for the rest of the year? Is there any chance? Sure. Um, any chance there is it likely no no it's not and that's unfortunate but dk really seems to think they are with this pricing i mean that that just seems pretty high for him and as i was going through this game i'm looking at taylor and i should want to play him this week but when it's all said and done i i just don't think i want to pay that 6600 it's it seems excessive uh, where you at, Matt? Yeah, I mean the, I guess the the good news has been that uh, you know he's he saw a ton of targets in week one, but since then it kind of bottomed out, uh, and then he kind of saw an upswing again in the targets. If he's gonna see four targets uh, every week and he's gonna get back to you know the the seventeen carries that he sees, then maybe that's that's gonna be valuable, but. If he's going to see twelve targets, like uh, twelve carries, like he has the past couple of games, it's kind of hard to pay uh, this price for um, for Taylor. Just like I don't know, like it's just like how do you get excited about looking on Jonathan Taylor right now? Like he has a floor of twelve points and a ceiling of fifteen points. Like that's all. That's pretty much all that he's done. Um, except when, you know, he fell into the end zone and got the bonus against Minnesota. So, um I am not I'm not going out of my way to prioritize him. I think he'll probably be like 10% owned give or take. Um the spot should be good like Sal mentioned, but uh yeah, I I don't know that I'm getting there. Falling into it the is end zone. Just me? 51 <laughs> a total of 51 in this game is egregiously high. Am I I mean, this is an underplay all day. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I when yeah. I saw that, I, I had to go back and like look at another site to make sure that I copied that down right because I was like, how is, I was like, where, where are we getting these points from? <laughs> uh, I think that the books have gotten having five to six. 50 point games a week that they're actually looking to find five to six a week. And yeah. I agree with you guys. Um, I was, I was making a call back to Gurley falling in the end zone last week. Um, but I think it felt kind of flat, but guys, this, it's not a whole lot we want to look at. Like you said, I'm sorry, but, Sal, I messed that up. I'm sorry. Buddy. Yeah. I missed that. <laughs> guys, listen, it's, um, it's not the first time I failed at humor and it's probably why I'm single. Um, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> T. T. Y. Hilton, not not very good this year, right? Again, it's an attackable uh, wide receiver defense here. He comes nine hundred dollars. It can't trust him. But at forty nine hundred dollars, it's T. Y. He's had big moments. It's been there. You're not interested. No, I mean. I'm not. I'm not playing enough lineups. You, you'd have to. You'd have to ask T. J. about that. I, I'm not willing to. Uh... I already know his answer. Do you, I mean? Do you, do I have to say it? no? No, no, hard no, hard no. Let's let's get over to Detroit. Uh, Kenny Galladay again. Not not with we're just not seeing the target volume, but he gets the job done with what he does get. He saw only seven targets this past week. Six for one fourteen. He put up a nice twenty point total. Uh, it comes in at sixty six hundred dollars. I have a feeling there's some other guys on this slate in that price range, uh, TJ, that you're going to probably want to go with. It's probably even cheaper than that. But um, what's it well with with Galladay at all this week? Yeah, I, I honestly, uh, I, I made a joke uh, to the guys before we went on air. The first two games we're going to cover, I have exactly one player in my queue that I want to use, and it is Galladay. Um, with this defense, I feel like the need to win one-on-one matchups will really matter for Detroit. And this, we thought just in the easy matchup last week with the volume explosion for Galladay was going to come. Obviously it didn't. And obviously he still produced, uh, if he sees that volume explosion, I don't think he's all that matchup sensitive of a player. And I think there is truly a ceiling here in a game that, they could easily be trailing because they're the Lions. But uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> you know, Indy is definitely overrated. They, the Lions could be winning this game. But, yeah, man, uh, Galladay, I think, is the only player I like in this game. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, I, I did, uh, when I was kind of, like, poking through the Lions offense, TJ Hawkinson has seen multiple red zone targets in four straight weeks now. Um, he's not seeing a ton of volume. He's only 15th, uh, in, or he's outside of the top 15 in targets among tight ends, but he's ninth in expected points, which is something that we, that we would obviously, uh, like to see. He has been scoring touchdowns, like the, the efficiency has been there, but if he's going to see, you know, two to four (laughs) red zone targets every week, uh, I mean, at 5,300, if he catches two of them. Uh, you're you're probably in pretty good shape. So um, that's more of like a flyer thing. It's definitely not uh, something that I'm doing in cash. But um, I just thought that was interesting. I didn't I didn't realize, you know, I, I knew he had scored a couple of touchdowns, but I didn't realize he was being used that heavily in the red zone. Yeah, I, 
He's been basically touchdown reliant. You said I think he's gotten four of them this year, which has been nice. And a couple of games, I have him in a lot of season longs, and I come in there every week, and it's nice. But yeah, I'd be going away from him because we're going to get to a, a tight end that comes at fifty six hundred dollars. That's going to just it's going to put the Matt Jones pricing on DraftKings doesn't make sense. Uh, a tilt on full, uh, but we'll get to that guy. So if you're going to pay up into the five thousands for a tight end, there's another guy you should hands down go for. So guys, let's move on from this game to New England and Buffalo, a 43 point total, a game that in week two, we probably would have been stoked to see the two offenses were firing, or at least the cam was firing on the one offense and the Buffalo offense was firing, but Buffalo has not played well three weeks. They kicked six field goals last week, zero touchdowns against the New York jets. Um, So, the, the blooms off the rose a little bit the last few weeks on Josh Allen, but let's let's dig into them a little bit. Uh, Diggs comes in at sixty eight hundred dollars against the twenty first ranked wide receiver defense. I, I don't know. I, I I don't think I could get there in this game. I know TJ can't, Matt. So let's just, just stick with you because TJ already told us how he felt about these first two games. But are you going to Diggs? No, I, I, I didn't, um, I, I got through this game in my article and I wrote two sentences, uh, just about how slow the, <laughs> slow the game is going to be and how few plays they're going to be run. And I, uh, yeah, I, if this is like a classic spot, like if this, if this game beats me somehow, I mean, <laughs> you just got to move on with your life. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, There's Cam too many is other good down. spots. Yeah, absolutely. Cam's all the way down to 5,700, and it's not even enticing enough for us to play him. And the, the most expensive player outside of a quarterback on the New England side is James White at $4,500. And I don't want any part of that either, TJ. Yeah, man, you said these offenses went from firing to being dumpster firing. So or that's exactly what we got. Um oh. Here, I guess the challenge, Sal, is create a narrative how this game beats us. Go. <laughs> well, the narrative would be this, that <laughs> that Cam Newton discovers how to play football again. He comes out of the COVID fog. Is the, that's the new term. That's the hot term this week, the COVID fog. And he gets them up early, and, and uh, Buffalo's got to be chasing points. I don't, I don't see a possible chance in hell that that happened. Uh, Edelman looks old and looks like he's given up. Um, Damian Harris isn't getting touch as he got when he first got the ball back. So it'd be almost impossible for me to create that narrative, but that's the only narrative is Cam plays well early and puts points up and actually remembers how to play football and, and Buffalo has to chase it. But I I don't think it's not going to be there if it does. So let's move quickly over to the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns with a 53.5 total. There could be some interesting stuff going on in this game. I think if we dig a little bit deeper, we get interesting. And Matt, the tight end I'm talking about is Darren Waller dollars last week, put up 17 points and dropped to 5,600 this week. So if you're getting up into that range, you're going Waller or you're going Hawkinson? I, 
I don't want us to think that like Hawkinson is like the my guy. Like I actually <laughs> I hate him. Like I I, I actually it. truly don't like him. Like I called him TJ Fraudinson on the show every week last year, um, because everybody was ready to like fit him for his bust in Canton after like a touchdown in his first game or whatever the hell it was. It might not have even been. It might have been preseason. Um, no, so, it was no, the Cardinals. I, Their matchup last year, week one, was the Cardinals. Oh, that's what it was. And he yeah, had so, half his output in the season in that game. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, now I I feel it, like I just need to disavow uh, the, the Hawkinson call. I take it all back. I'm fading him. Uh, screw him. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I think Waller makes uh, Waller makes plenty of sense. Like he's seeing uh, he's seeing that volume, and um, you know what do you, what do you have nine targets last week? I think, and he had maybe like ten or twelve the week before. So you know if if Carr is going to continue to throw three deep balls a game and you know twenty eight balls within three yards of the line of scrimmage, then yeah, I mean it's probably gonna. It's probably going to work out pretty well for you. Sticking on the on the, um, I almost said Oakland, but on the Vegas side, listen, Nelson Aguilar, who's a guy who has a history of not being able to catch the ball, has actually made some tremendous catches this year. As a fan of the Raiders, it's been amazing to watch. Uh, he wasn't seeing a lot of targets. He comes out last week, he sees nine targets, five for one hundred seven, and a touchdown. Uh, Brian Edwards is practicing; doesn't worry me for this week. But TJ. At $4,700, Ruggs is only 200 more. And I have a feeling it's a good spot to to pivot off while others might be going with Aguilar at that little price because he's been producing. Going to Ruggs against the 27th worst, uh, 27th ranked defense as wide receivers this year, and maybe some of those deep balls that Matt's talking about can get to Henry Ruggs' hands, and uh, he could be the guy that, that breaks for a big game of the slate. What are your feelings on the wide receivers with Vegas? Oh. When you say sub, Matt said three, and I kind of agree with Matt. You know, I just don't think there's enough vertical shots for a guy like Ruggs to truly be a sound play. Of course, uh, I think this is one of the top two games of the week, so everyone that is going to play meaningful snaps is in play. Uh, I definitely like Aguilar better, just the volume is there for him lately. Uh, he appears to be the current version of Aguilar appears to be a better player than the current version of Ruggs, which I don't think that's really a hot take. But if you polled people, I bet half might disagree. Yeah. Um, this game is odd because I think one of the backs absolutely Hulk smash. And if the back that Hulk smashes I don't think the pass catchers on that team are going to smash. And if they do, it's just a min- a maximum of one beyond the back. So we've got two teams that I think are just wholly and completely game script dependent. And that back that plays with the lead is going to be the one that, that hits hard. I know we haven't gotten the Cleveland side yet, but uh, where are you at on that, Matt? Yeah, no, I, I wrote up Aguilar. Um, the, uh, I don't know if you guys saw um, if you're listening to this, but Beers uh, put out a new tool uh, in the suite over at Rotoviz for uh, basically just like where guys are getting targeted the most and how that fits in against their opponent for the week. And uh, Aguilar and Ruggs, I believe, are both, as far as wide receivers go, are both in like the top 10 to 12 ish range um, as far as just like where they're being targeted 
And that's where, I mean, I, I don't think Cleveland really defends any part of the field particularly well against the pass, but um, it, they seem to fit pretty well. I, I would take Aguilar uh, pretty pretty much every time over Ruggs. Like, Ruggs is only seeing three targets, and he hasn't shown the, a target ceiling, uh, whereas Aguilar saw, saw nine last week. So if that's a trend uh, or a sign of things to come, um, I think we're probably looking at uh, the cheapest Aguilar will be in over the next couple of weeks. And he's also going to be lower owned than Ruggs. So there's that as well. Well, TJ, he touched on the running backs in this game. So let's get to them. Uh, Josh Jacobs comes in at 6,200 um, in a good matchup. Uh, Hunt's matchup is a little bit better, but he's limited with knee again. And after week one, he just hasn't been exciting, right? We had those three touchdowns in week one and he's been good. He's been sufficient. If you have him in season long, you're plugging him in every week, and you're like, okay, I know what I'm going to get out of him. He hasn't had that smash game. Um, so tell me, you said one of these two are going to smash. Do you have a game script in mind, and is it going to be Hunt or is it going to be Jacobs in your lineups? Well, I think Hunt's easier to trust. Uh, I think the Browns as a whole are easier to trust, which as a Clevelander, I haven't been able to say that in, well uh, since '95. So, I mean, this this is a real change. In the, it's in the early I, DFS I, I, days. <laughs> oh my God, the early DFS days the, were the mid the mid decades after, right? <laughs> <laughs> that Belichick Saban staff, baby. <laughs> but, right, but yeah, man, uh, Cream Hunt. I, I think he's in a spot where he could break the slate. Um, He's going to get all the carries again. Uh, if I recall, Dearness was almost removed from the game plan last week, and it was all Kareem Hunt. He doesn't need targets to get there, but I think they come anyway. The targets haven't been coming. But, yeah, uh, we could see three, four touchdown game here out of Kareem Hunt, especially with OBJ out. Uh, Landry has been completely unreliable. Higgins was our best receiver, and – well, there is a very big bright spot. Harrison Bryant is looking like the very real deal. Uh, and he's shown more than Hooper has in just one game, basically. And listen, at $3,200, he's your – I don't even want to call it a punt play because he's already – he's just shown you that he could he could score touchdowns a week ago. So $3,200, a really nice tight end play. Again, probably going to be highly owned after last – but if uh, if you're playing cash games like Matt's going to be, not a bad guy to go in there. Listen, at $6,100 or even at $2,500, I'm not putting Baker Mayfield. I don't care if he threw for five touchdowns last week. What I will tell you is, and, uh, and TJ, you can attest to this probably as well, is he looked so much more comfortable and relaxed with OBJ out of the game. There's no more need to force the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. And he can spread it out and use the other weapons and, and not feel like he's going to get his – after the game. So uh, if that continues, maybe, maybe we'll look at Mayfield later in, in a year, but uh, he's already starting to get priced up there. I think I'd stop you there, man. Uh, I, I think if you're trusting Jacobs and just say you're making lineups, a script in Oakland or uh, Las Vegas lead. Well, you're playing Josh Jacobs. And I truly think any running back that just gets volume playing from ahead can really hit against this Cleveland defense. The secondary sucks worse than the front. But the front is beatable too. You know, it, this is 
a team that's just a better version of early season Dallas where they can score enough points, but they're also going to give up points consistently. Uh, in that case, with Jacob's lineups, I think Baker stacks and double stacks are perfectly fine. And he has always had a rapport with Higgins. And I, I don't think Higgins is a world-beating player by any means. I, I'm not even sure he's an above-average player. But for whatever reason, Baker has always been comfortable with him. Uh, and there's been some extended time in preseason games. So even if it's just a chemistry thing, a rapport thing, it, it really could serve as an upgrade having Higgins playing every snap instead of OBJ. Uh, where are you at on Cleveland, Matt? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with all that. Uh, Dearness Johnson was on the field for two snaps last week, so I think we can, uh, we can definitely put that, uh, <laughs> that to bed. Uh, as long as Chubb isn't playing, uh, Hunt is just gonna see everything. Um, I think he'll probably be. Uh, just a little bit less owned than Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry, so you're going to have to make a decision if you're playing Hunt on how you want to differentiate throughout the rest of your roster. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in, in cash, it's pretty hard not to pay uh, 6900 for a guy who's going to see, you know, 95% of their team's rushing attempts, and they're going to throw, I don't know, probably three or four targets to him. And like you said, he's going to get all the goal line. Like, it, there's just no reason not to play him in cash. Um, and uh, as far as Jacobs goes, I, I didn't really say anything about Jacobs before. I think the fact that he's right next to Williams uh, in price is going to keep his ownership really far down. And I don't think anybody would be shocked if this game uh, just sort of flipped and and Vegas played with a lead and Jacobs had a had a great game. So uh, I think you could you could probably make. Uh, two lineups, and you could make the the Vegas winning by ten lineup, and the the Browns winning by ten lineup, and feel pretty good about both of them. Yeah, well, that's it. If I hit this week, it'll be on that out of TJ. You and TJ both changed my mind. I'm gonna go. But uh, Hunt with the better matchup out of the running backs you mentioned, Henry and Kamara, and I don't want to say considerably cheaper, but yeah, a, a lot cheaper. And you could de- it leaves you for room to do a lot more with your lineups if you go yeah. in that direction with Hunt as your alpha running back this week. So you mentioned Jamal Williams. Let's get to the Minnesota Green Bay game. This one comes in. You like at that segue? You know, dude, it's, it's like on a tee, knocking it down. 53.5, 53.5 total in this game. These teams played in week one in 77 points. 43 to 34. Green Bay in week one. And I'll tell you, while Minnesota is not playing great football, the offense has actually been better lately with more parts. So in that first game, we really didn't see Irv Smith. He had one target for one catch. We didn't see Justin Jefferson that much. He had three targets for two receptions. There, uh, Jefferson is a much more vital part of the offense right now. Smith, But right before the bye week, we saw a nice game out of Irv Smith, and he was worth the punt play at tight end that week. So, but what we did see was uh, was Dalvin Cook, who is, as of Wednesday, set to play this week. He's back. So all those Alexander Madison people who got excited and overpaid for him on the waivers. and you... Because he did not prove that he could do anything. And Cook's going to get all the run this week. So $500, also cheaper than those other two running backs, but a little bit more than Hunt. Matt, where do you fall on that against a 29th-ranked running back defense? So, up. He put up 22 points 
uh, on two touchdowns uh, in, in the first matchup this year. I mean, for me, I feel like he's probably going to be uh, a little a little too owned for me to really love it. Um, I don't know. Like, I just I'm just not that excited about Cook in general. Um, I know he's he's had a couple of spike weeks, but I, I don't know that uh, it's it's on the um, you know the the profile of what I like to play on DraftKings. Like it's it's a lot of touchdown dependency. He's had let's see uh, seven seven touchdowns this year. Seems a little a little on the unsustainable side to me. Um, I mean, yeah, if he keeps, if he keeps scoring a touchdown or two every week, then, uh, then that's fine. But I kind of mentioned it last week, uh, talking about the, the Madison play. Uh, he, he's just not really being targeted, uh, almost whatsoever. Like he's had basically the same amount of targets per game as Derrick Henry. So, um, and we, we always say that we're, we don't want to play Derrick Henry on DraftKings for that reason. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not thrilled. Sorry, I'm dropping things. I'm not. Uh, I'm not thrilled about it personally. Uh, I would. I'd much rather. You know, there's a million plays in this game that I like, but I don't think I'm going to have a ton of cook. What about you, TJ? I think this is kind of an easier game to zero in on the plays, and I don't think Cook is a smash like top three back on the slate, but I think he's probably a top six back on the slate. Um, you did mention the touchdown consistency and. Well, he actually has been consistent. The two matchups he's had with teams very soft against running backs, he scored twice. And the three games he had, teams are a little bit tougher. He only scored once. So uh, this would qualify as another one where teams are soft against backs. But uh, You're killing me uh, right now. <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> Incredibly consistent. Uh, where was I at there? Oh, no, it, I, I think it's very possible we get an another exact same script uh, like we saw the last time where just the deep ball that Minnesota can't handle uh, could eat him alive. That happened early in the last game. Uh, Adams absolutely smashed. Aaron Jones did not. So even if he plays, I don't know if I really want to play Jones. Uh, I think we're paying too much for Williams right now. And I, I think just Rogers and Adams are the plays on the green Bay side. And uh, going back to cook, that last game he played against Seattle, he was involved in the passing game, though. I know it was a season high. I believe it was uh, five targets. And it looked uh, looked a little like they were trying to break their tendencies. So I, I, I'm completely okay with Cook, if not overboard pounding the table by any means. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned Williams. He goes all the way up to T100 dollars this week, and it is still an outside chance that Aaron Jones will take it. It's slow. He did not practice on Wednesday, so it's something you have to keep an eye on. But uh, 6100 dollars, I mean, you could spend a little bit more money on guys you know will play the role this week, like a, like a Hunt. Um, Rogers four touchdowns in that first game, put up over 33 points, and Adams. So Devontae Adams put up 44.6 in that game. He saw. Uh, he had 14 receptions rather for 156 yards and two touchdowns. And then he got injured a week later. Then he came back. It looked quite ready. He hits for 13, 196 and two. So two out of the three games, this guy has played. He absolutely 
smashed this year. So I think you have to in cash again, Matt. You have to get Devontae Adams into lineups this week. Yeah, I mean he's he's almost properly priced. So at least uh, at least DraftKings pushed the the ceiling, the salary ceiling, a little bit higher. Uh, at 8,800, he will probably still push like, I don't know, maybe 40% ownership in a lot of the double ups. Um, I, I don't know how you don't play him. I, like, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around the idea of not playing him. Like, in, in all the games that he's had a, a full complement of snaps, he has what, 10, 16, and 17 targets. Like, it's just, why like why why would you why would you not play him yeah it might not be easy to get uh all the plays that you want in the lineup out of this game but you you have to be a little bit um you have to figure it out and get some of these guys in there i, I remember week one i stacked this game pretty and i did well uh with, with that lineup and i think i'm going to figure out a way to get Thielen and jones i'm sorry Thielen and adams into a lineup together Thielen put up two touchdowns in the first game also uh, TJ, what do you want to say before we move on from this game? I, I, I was trying to figure out if I was going to script some uh, Minnesota passing game situation. And, you know, everybody's just too expensive. Um, there's no way you can play Adams with uh, any stack on the Minnesota side. I'm not really interested in Irv Smith uh, this week. I don't think there's any attainable ceiling there. I think it's just a floor play. Uh, especially with the matchup not being nearly what it was last week. So uh, I, I think it's it's weird in the sense that I'm scripting a Green Bay win, but I want the passing game stack for Green Bay in the back for Minnesota. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just asked backwards on this game, and I, I just don't really know what to do with it right now. Uh, i try to figure that out later in the week. I would say that uh, I believe the window closed on Ryan. Uh, with Adams back, he's he's seen four targets total. I'm sorry, six targets total over the last two weeks with Adams back. And then it's a it's a more outfield game. Uh, and so Tunyon is a guy you probably want to shift from. So you're guaranteeing three touchdowns on three targets this week. Got it. <laughs> if that happens, I will uh, – I don't want to say what I would do because I probably end up having to do it. Go ahead, Maddie, take it away, sir. Yeah, so we uh, I want to tell you guys about a couple of our sponsors for tonight. Our first sponsor is Indeed. They're sticking with us here at On The Daily. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account whenever you want, and there are no long-term contracts. Indeed also provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. And the offer is valid through the end of the year. 
Uh, our other sponsor, as usual, is Bet Online. Football is back in full swing, and even though you might not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win from game spreads, totals, team and player props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Make sure you use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag and you will receive a special sign up bonus. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, uh, no truth to the rumor that Indeed continues to sponsor us because they've actually seen and heard what we're doing here, and they know we'll be looking for work very soon. Uh, let's <laughs> let's get back to the games. Um, you know, here's one that's probably a, a much more exciting NFL game uh, than a DFS game because how many times have we seen Pittsburgh and Baltimore be a low total game? I know it's not the slobber knocker that it used to be, and it's a better weapons on there. But I got to get into some of these guys that have been big TJ guys. And I had Deontay in every lineup this past week, TJ. So I was very you excited. You said slobber knocker. Hold on. That's Deontay Johnson's music. <laughs> That's it. That's it. We'll bring... Look at Deontay Johnson. He comes uh, just up from 4,200, 500 this week, still largely underpriced. Uh, he saw 15 targets last week, which as TJ has said many times, week in and week out, when healthy, his his script is the same. It doesn't change. He stepped right back into that role. Well, he did miss practice today with a toe injury, but <laughs> other, other than well, that. We'll obviously have to keep an eye on that. But uh, I, a surprise, Juju Smith-Schuster saw 14 targets last week. He also caught nine passes, and he actually had five more yards at 85, but did not find the end zone where Deontay did twice. And, and Claypool, one target, minus two yards, no carries. TJ, make sense of the Steelers' wide receivers. Please, go ahead, because well, I can't. <laughs> this is like a two-piece puzzle for me. Even I can solve it. Um, every week, the Deontay volume is safe. He is the top option on their offense. He should be priced at 7K or higher. He's not, so I'm still going to mash him in. So let me guarantee that first quarter injury again this week. <laughs> uh, after that, someone else is going to hit, whether it be Juju or Claypool or even Ebron had a boost last week. Somebody else is going to hit in that passing game. Uh, but as it is for this game, for this particular week, I am just playing Deontay at 5,500. I'm going to play way too much, let him make or break my week again, and move on. Matt? Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, right. Bottom line I is mean, get Deontay in there until I price look, it correctly. R- right before, yeah, right before we, uh, <laughs> we were going to record, I was working on the article, and I was like, I want to be excited about this game. But, like, I'm kind of not. Like, I just – I have a hard time getting excited for this game. Like, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be pretty gross. And I think you're probably relying on, um, you know, like, Deontay will we'll see a ton of volume. And he, I think he came out and said, like, there's nothing that's going to make me miss this game uh, this week. So, what, whatever weight you put into that. Um, but, like – 
you're you're basically banking on one of the guys scoring multiple touchdowns and getting that right. <laughs> Unless it's Deontay, because Deontay will have the volume to to buoy everything else. So I'm not I'm not really thrilled about this game. Um Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't really I don't really care. I like the next game a lot better. Yeah, well, like Claypool could score three times on three targets, and much like Tanya, as we joked about, and like a and like but, a goal line carry or something stupid. Well, yeah, and if they run forty six plays from the eight yard line, Juju could score three <laughs> times too. But <laughs> I guess that's the extent of it. Uh, I, I'm here. Let, let me pivot over to the Baltimore side real fast. Uh, after the idea of playing Lamar naked, is there anyone else on Baltimore that you want to play this week at any level? No, there really isn't. We don't know what's going on as far as the running backs, and even when they are all healthy, it's a, it's an absolute mess. So you're not you're not putting any of those guys in your lineup. Uh, Hollywood, even if is, Ingram's out, yeah, it's just you still don't know what's going to happen with Edwards and Dobbins. I mean, I, I really wish that when they would get to the point where they would just let Dobbins be the guy because I think that he's ready for that role but they're not going to do it and uh, you know Jackson had his best day of the year before their uh, bye week and, and he needed 108 yards and a rushing touchdown to get to that 31 points but we know that that's what he was doing last year so I don't know that he's weak I expect this like Matt say to be a very unexciting DFS or fantasy game and be a, a better NFL game obviously Pittsburgh the last undefeated team in the league at Baltimore, the reigning division champion, trying to take that title back. So uh, it'll be a fun game to watch, but not one I'll have a lot invested in. So uh, Matt really likes the Tennessee-Cincinnati game at 54.5. So let's jump right into that game, Matt. Um, Ryan Tannehill is up to $6,800 just, just a week ago. We could get him for $5,900, a nice little $5,900. He had back-to-back 30-point games, but he, he only put up 17.3 against the Previously mentioned Pittsburgh defense last week as they got knocked off the ranks of the undefeated. It's a couple of high guys, high expensive guys in this matchup. Henry comes in at 8000 A.J. Brown, who I think I'm still paying up $6,900 for because he's just been an absolute stud, and he's an absolute stud that's a little bit cheaper than some of those other studs. But, uh, Matt, talk to me about this Tennessee side, and who do you love in this, this matchup that you love so much? I mean, I think I think Tennessee is just gonna shit pump uh, the Bengals, and it's gonna be uh, just the the Joe Burrow show. I think he is probably uh, investing in ice companies right now for his elbow, uh, because I, I mean, how many how many pass he has to have almost three hundred pass attempts at this point. Over forty nine have it in front of not a week. Over forty nine a week. Like I, I don't even. I don't know. I can't even. I can't even fathom that. Um, they're they they're just gonna have to throw a ton. Um, and we uh, we talked about the you know we kind of went through the pass catchers last week, and you have you know you have Higgins and you have Boyd there. Um, and I think you can mix and match. Uh, you can play either of them. Um, and and you know put Henry on the other side of of your lineup and and be fine with it you can play aj brown too like you said like i just i think i'm pretty comfortable playing uh most of the the typical characters here and i think the uh bangles are gonna have to throw a bunch i have to chime in i agree with everything you said 
except there was an omission. We have a corpse that has risen from the dead. His name is AJ Green. He hasn't found that bonus yet. He hasn't found the end zone yet. But my God, the volume is just insane. And this is going to be the biggest volume available since that Cleveland game. And he's only, what, 4,500? 4, I'm going to have way too much A.J. Green and live with the consequences or the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is this just you making yeah. up for uh, not having, not being able to roster Crowder that you need to, you need to find <laughs> the, the next target hog that does nothing? <laughs> tomato, tomato, but <laughs> you, you know, I, I honestly, uh, he is just that close now. Uh, a couple weeks ago, it looked like he was just completely DOA. I don't know that that's the case now, and I think this could actually be an explosion spot for him. Well, I'll have to slip him in. God that bless. I can't say. I I'll be that. praying for you Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> 13 targets each a week ago for him and Boyd. Uh, Higgins only saw five, but caught all five and did find the end zone. So, yeah, all three guys are in play. Like like you said, Matt, a borrow at sixty two hundred dollars. He he threw for four hundred and six yards, three touchdowns. He rushed for thirty four yards of the touchdown last week. He put up nearly a forty spot. And there's so much goodness in this game. I want to ask TJ this because a week ago it was, um, you know, he Ferkser is the better of the two tight ends. Uh, Ferkser only saw two targets last week. Janu back and healthy, so four. And this is currently, as we come in this week, the, thir- the 32nd ranked tight end defense. And Janu Smith comes in at only $4,100. So as much as you don't like him over Ferkser, he's going to be the the lead tight end. Would you get him into lineups this week? No, I don't think I would. Uh, if I'm paying down, if you're paying down a tight end, you're not going to find a better play than Harrison Bryant. Uh, I mean, the, there is going to be some – I don't know, probably five target floor uh, with that one. You don't have that with Jadu, even with a fantastic matchup, even with a great game script. Uh, he's a guy that more gets that run after catch moving towards the line of scrimmage, a uh, handful of scripted plays. You know, he's not out there running routes, getting open like a Ferkser does. So if by some, I, I don't even know what to call it, but if Cincinnati is somehow leading in this game and it becomes a Tannehill show, then I think, uh, I mean, there's an outside chance Ferks or hits, but I, I don't really want a tight end on that side. I think A.J. Brown's the only uh, only truly reasonable stack for Tannehill, but Derrick Henry is priced appropriately, and he is absolutely the play on the uh, on the Tennessee side. But uh, I, I want to make a 50-cent wager with Matt. I'll take A.J. Green of the three Cincinnati receivers point per dollar. I mean, come on. Put 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 your put your nuts on the table there, TJ. Let's go. Let's go Whoa. fantasy points. What's wrong with point per What's wrong with point per dollar? If he's, he's seeing thirteen price. targets and Higgins is seeing five targets, then I mean, yeah, sure. The defense rests. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, one more thing to talk about before we move on for this game. Joe Mixon not practicing again on Wednesday. But as we saw the nice cheap option last week when Jamal Williams jumped up heavily in price, Giovanni Bernard jumps all the way up to 1500 this week. And again, it's not expensive if he's going to be the only running back in that, in that backfield. 
Uh, but he had to find his way there with, uh, with receptions last week, which, which he typically does. He didn't find a lot of success uh, carrying the ball. Matt, at $5,800, is it, is it worth the price for Geo this week if, if Mixon's out, or are you just going to find some better options? I mean, it, it kind of feels like chasing. Um, I feel like I would rather – I mean, we'll we'll talk about this game in a couple minutes here, but I, I think I would rather just drop down – to to Gaskin um at 5200 and and save a few bucks. I don't really feel uh confident that that Gio is going to get there because of his rushing prowess. <laughs> All right, TJ, before we move on, you want to add anything on the running backs in uh Cincinnati side? No, okay. So let's let's jump into a game I think we're going to be out of real quick. <laughs> and that is the 20 no, really break this down. 20-point underdog, New York Jets. I thought it would be higher. I'm surprised that the number is not higher than that. But 20-point uh, underdog, the New York Jets at the Kansas City Chiefs, a total of 49. And um, I guess they're expecting Kansas City to do all the work on that. Let me ask you guys a question about the Kansas City side. Should we just play Le'Veon Bell at $4,600, expect Andy Reid to just absolutely dog the Jets with Le'Veon Bell because I don't see a way that the main players on Kansas City play more than three quarters if we even get to three quarters. And if by some chance the Jets stayed in this game and those guys had to continue playing, the only way that that happened is Kansas City forgot how to score because there's no way the Jets are keeping up with them. There's no way that the Jets are going to score enough points to, to, to keep pace with Kansas City. So it's either going to be a low-scoring game where Kansas City is faltering or Kansas City scores so much early to get the guys out of there. So, TJ, is Le'Veon Bell a guy that's in play for you this weekend? If if, if he is or if he isn't, who else on Kansas City interests you in this game? I truly think he might be the only one. Um, it, it's not at a high level. I, I don't know if I necessarily want to play him in DFS or just find the prop where he scores a touchdown and play that because that's probably – <laughs> probably what, what they'll make sure happens. Um, yeah, I, I'm not paying up for any piece of the Chiefs offense. Even somebody that hits early isn't going to hit throughout the whole game. Uh, the script in this one almost seems inevitable. I mean, straight up Thanos, you know. Uh, on the other side of the ball for the Jets, I'm just, before I throw it to Matt, I'm just going to pivot to both sides. If Crowder plays, we mash him in, he's going to smash again. Looks unlikely. Don't think he's going to play. So, with that being the case, uh, thirty-two hundred Denzel Mims is a very sound tournament play. Uh, you on anyone at all here, Matt? I mean, I just, I just think I have to lock in uh, Michael Pirine and uh, and and just move on with life. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I, I have, I have nothing, nothing of substance to add. That's, uh, that's exactly. All of the things that you guys said is exactly what I'm doing. I'll probably like talk myself into playing a Kansas City stack because I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, on Sunday morning, I'm gonna be like, but but maybe you know if they put up 42, they have to get there somewhere. You know, like that stupid shit that I go through in my head uh, at you know 12:47 on a <laughs> on a Sunday right before lock. <laughs> Straight up galaxy brain. Huh? It's the worst. But, I mean, it the really thing is. is, with the Jets, we could see like the Chiefs having forty-five yard, forty-five yard fields the whole game. And even if yeah. they score that forty-two and it's spread around, there's just no yardage to go around. And yeah. 
it, no, it I just know. seems I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm trying not <laughs> I to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that we get there. So let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams uh, visiting Miami Dolphins. This is a 46 total. Here's another game um, that I'm probably not going to have a lot of. I know, Matt, you said if you're going to pay down, if you're going to pay that price, you just pay for Miles Gaskin. He's literally the only guy I have written down uh, for Miami outside of the Tua and just because it's Tua's first game. Uh, not that I want to play him, but that's going to be what this game is going to be about. And so all the other receiving targets take a little bit of a shot this week because we know there's going to be some of those first game rookie growing pains. He's going to probably look fantastic at times and then just make some absolute bonehead plays. And you're going to probably have receivers throwing their hands up a couple of times. And um, I think he's going to be a great quarterback eventually, but it's probably not this week that I want to get anybody from Miami in there. And over on the Rams side, I mean, I, I can't get a feel for these running backs. I don't think anybody can get a feel for these running backs. So you don't want to put those guys in at those prices. And Cup and Woods at 6,500 and 6,300, if not the last couple of weeks, have just been ho-hum. So either one of you guys, aside from Miles Gaskin, is there a player in this game that we're, that we're excited to get in a lineup? I mean, I, I think this is probably a situation where uh... – one of the Miami pass catchers just gets locked in on by Tua. Uh, and I have no idea who that's going to be, <laughs> but I do think that we're going to look back and be like, oh shit, if we would have realized like that this guy was going to get 12 targets, we probably would have, uh, would have wanted to play him. <laughs> but I, I don't really, I don't have any confidence. I think Gaskin has, uh, has too valuable of a workload generally uh, to be 5,200 and then put on top of that uh, a rookie quarterback starting who hasn't, you know, hasn't taken a meaningful snap in quite some time at this point. Uh, I mean, I guess he got in the, the game last week and, and sat on the field and that was that was cute. But um, uh, other than that, like a real like you're starting the game like this is your this is your deal now. Um, I think that they're going to they're going to lean kind of heavy on on Gaskin, and um, that's pretty much all I care about in this game. What about you, TJ? Gaskin is definitely the easiest play in the game. Uh, super, super high floor play. Uh, I guess we it remains to be seen uh, the running back targets coming out of Tua. I mean, he may just want to sling it. Um, but, yeah, on the Miami side, like you said, one of the wide receivers, uh, that could work out just uh, – very difficult to project. We have no idea uh, who he has a rapport with or anything like that. I don't think there's a good individual matchup to be had. But on the other side of the ball, I think there's some very interesting plays. Uh, we don't know what we're going to get out of Tua. But if it's bad, if it's even inconsistent, the Rams' defense could absolutely smash despite having to pay up for him. Uh, the running backs, I don't really want a part of it. They, they only trust Malcolm Brown uh for pass blocking and passing game usage, it seems like they trust Henderson to take the carries. Um, they think of Cam Akers what I think of Cam Akers, which I'm rather enjoying watching everyone else freak out. And uh, there is one phenomenal individual matchup this week, and that's for Cooper Cup in the slot against Miami. So I will be dabbling him in some lineups there. Okay, and I'll and I'll throw in a name that you guys hate, and that's Mike Gazeki, who says that he has run scout team all year with Tua. 
and that they have a connection. So could be a sneaky I don't hate Gusecki. TJ hates Gusecki. Don't put that evil on me, all right, Seth? I don't hate Gusecki. I hate the offense. You hate, yeah. Well, yeah, potato, potato. (laughs) Well, he he claims to have rapport. He might just be saying that because he likes when people use him in fantasy, but we'll have to find out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll right. be waiting. Shaheen scores twice this week. Write that down. <laughs> he did just get paid, right? Get he paid. did, in fact, yeah. There you go. All right, guys, we're going to head over to the late games. I know we're getting pressed for time here. we got three games left to go. And let's let's go to the Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos, a really low total of 44.5. These next two games are both pretty low. But if we're talking in a couple of weeks about Tua – Tagovailoa, the way we're talking about Justin Herbert, the other uh, explosive rookie quarterback with Joe Burrow, then we're going to be a good spot. I mean, Herbert actually, absolutely. Herbert is actually one of the things that destroyed my lineups last week because I was well in event. I was well in the lead actually in in the, the listeners' league, and then all of a sudden he passed for a touchdown, passed for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, rushing yards. It was crazy. His last three games, he's got three, four, and three passing touchdowns. He, like I said, he added 66 rushing yards and a touchdown last week. And as much as we were excited about the air yards and, and getting it down the fold out field to, to Michael Williams, he locked in again on Keenan Allen with 13 targets and, and Allen holding 10 for 125. So uh, Matt is, is Mike Williams off the, off the reservation for you. And it's just the Keenan Allen thing at this point. Um, I mean, uh, I'm not, I'm I'm for sure not playing uh Mike Williams in cash. I think that hopefully goes without saying if you've if you've listened to this show um ever. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean Keenan Allen is is probably one of the, the biggest locks of the week for me. Um definitely in cash. I think he's you know, he, he has almost the workload that, that Devontae Adams has and he's twenty six hundred dollars cheaper. Like Sign me up. Why not? Um, I, I mean, you. I guess you could take a flyer on Williams, but but what did he have? Three targets last week. Uh, that's a little, uh, little light in the loafers there for me. So, uh, what about you, TJ? What What do you like in this game? I don't love this game. I feel like this could be uh, kind of a, uh, almost just a slowdown divisional ugly spot, and I know that's difficult to say with the way Herbert's been going, but the Broncos tend to do that in games. I mean, it, it's yeah. just not... It's not the Steelers-Ravens of the West this week, basically. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it, man. Um, I'm just not wholly interested in this game, especially uh, I do want to pay up for Adam, so I, I think that kind of uh, rules out also paying up for Keenan. Uh, I feel a lot safer with Adams. And I want to pay up for running backs as well. So just just paying up for anyone in this game is not something I'm prepared to do. Uh, where are you at, Sal? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. The, the running backs can't separate themselves with the Chargers. Denver's been good at stopping a running back, so that's not a place I have any interest in. Um, Hunter Henry absolutely killed me last week. I thought he was in a good spot, and I, we saw Parham and, uh, and Virgil Green catch touchdowns, and, and Hunter Henry absolutely just – decimate my lineup as I watch the people pass me by. So he's not a guy I have any interest in. And over on the Denver side, there's really nothing to get excited about. Lindsay's in concussion protocol. Gordon's Gordon. And uh, maybe 
Maybe Noah Fant at $4,700. Maybe if I have to have a part of this game, maybe that's the guy I go for. But uh, it's not. There's a, like you said, Harrison Bryant at $1,500 cheaper. Why would I not go there? Why would I pay up for him? So let's move quickly over to the Saints and the the terrible offense, Chicago Bears, 43.5. Chicago Chicago had to be the worst 5-1 team we've seen in a long time when they took the field on Monday night, and they played been as bad as that. Um, listen, I don't think Man. anybody disagrees. Go ahead. What's up, TJ? Oh, I just wanted to complain about Nagy on Monday night. I mean, we know that the Rams are a bit of a run funnel, and he went 14-41 to 41 run pass split, so that was – that was something, and he deserved that loss. Uh, listen, uh, Mitchell Trubisky doesn't do anything that makes anybody uh, forget about a, a player like a Patrick Mahomes. But you know what? They took him off the field too early this year and went to Nick Foles, and that was a – we signed Nick Foles. We had to put him in, and they played better with Trubisky. I think Trubisky deserves to be back out there, but I don't think they're going to go back to him now. Uh, if you're not watching this and you're only listening to it, TJ is probably getting dizzy because he's been shaking his head since I started talking about Mitchell Trubisky. And uh, TJ, I'll give you the floor to tell Hard me why why Nick Foles deserves to be on that field over Mitch Trubisky at this point. I, I mean, I don't. There's no scientific argument to make. It's just that he's not Mitchell Trubisky. We've had years of that experiment. We know it fails and fails miserably. Uh, this year may have been the worst sample size of it, and. <laughs> I, I don't care who it is, whether it's uh, one of these backup quarterbacks that are going to come in for the Jaguars. It doesn't matter who. It's just you're better off with not Trubisky. Option B is always the answer when Trubisky is option A. Well, I definitely wasn't going to put him in any lineups, even if they decided to uh, to switch to him. Right? But, Matt, listen, that was Matt's guy the first few weeks. We all know that we Matt Mitchell. Was we need Mitchell. Three weeks in a row, but let's talk about actual, real, viable fantasy football players in this game. Allen Robinson, concussion protocol. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, COVID. Michael Thomas, still not practicing. Jimmy Graham, losing targets to a rookie. Uh, David Montgomery leaves me sad every time I see him out there on the field. So uh, outside of Alvin Kamara, guys, and at uh, $8,200, outside of Alvin Kamara, who, who are we playing in this game, Matt? I mean, you said it. That's it. Alvin Kamara. That's it. I mean, TJ, can you make an argument for anybody else? Yeah, absolutely can. Uh, especially if A-Rob misses. Uh, you got Darnell Mooney, yeah. uh, the better Chicago rookie than the 3,500. He's going to be double-digit target getter in a very beatable matchup. And he can play, man. Uh, I know he's surely not a household name or anything of the sort, but he is I mean, he certainly – He pushed Miller off the field like – He's doing something. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you, you really, truly have a value at 3500 there uh, if A-Rob's out in Mooney. And uh, Jared Cook has a phenomenal matchup for New Orleans here, uh, individual matchup. I don't think anyone else does. Yeah. Yeah, but, and we talked – go ahead, Matty. No, I was just going to say, by the way, like Mooney is how you get Adams and Allen and Kamara into your cash lineup. I'm not saying that you're you're necessarily doing that getting all three in GPPs, but I think you can pretty, you can pretty reasonably get, uh, you know, those three big guys, you, you take a cheap tight end, uh, you play Burrow at quarterback and, uh, maybe Gaskin. And then you have like a decent chunk left over for your flex. 
Yeah, we talked all right, about yeah, all things the same. So, sorry, I just, I'm just throwing both of you guys a hypothetical here. You got Harrison Bryant in your tight end spot at 3,200. Let's just I do assume. Right now. How did you know? <laughs> let's just assume uh, Mooney and Richard Higgins are the same price. Who are you playing as your chief wide receiver and knowing you already have Bryant in your lineup? Oh yeah, I mean, if you if you want to differentiate, then you go with Moody, right? So I could definitely agree with that for sure. And I think Matt's on board with that. Yep. I, I mean, I don't have an answer. I'm very torn, so that's that's why I threw mm-hmm. it to you guys. No, I, I like Moody in that spot. We spoke about this early in the year with Moody. They, the reason Miller's not on the field is because they're playing mostly two wide receiver sets, and they're, they're using both tight ends, Graham and Komet, the rookie, and Miller plays in the slot. He's not out there on the field, so especially if Robinson is is banged up and doesn't make it to this game. Uh, yeah, it's a miss by me not, not having him on my list. It's a great play this week, I feel. Is this, this is week eight, right? This is week eight. So I've written seven articles for Sharp, and I think Mooney has been in at least three of them. <laughs> so hopefully this works at some point. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Guys, let's go to the last game on this slate, and that is the San Francisco 49ers at – the Seattle Seahawks with a total of 53. Um, listen, Seattle's got a tremendously bad defense. It's it is a week, it, right? It's I, I I don't know what to make of it because <laughs> Lockett has two three touchdown games this year. The guy posts a 50 burger last week, and he's cheaper than DK Metcalf this week by 400. dollars So the only explanation, Matt, is that it's a uh, it's a DK week, but. Listen, for as bad as the Dallas Cowboys defense has been this year, the Seattle Seahawks defense is every bit that bad. In fact, the best defense player on the team is probably DK Metcalf. Uh, we all <laughs> saw the tackle of the year the other night. But listen, at a 53-point total, TJ, there's a reason to get a lot of these guys in your lineup. The only problem is over on San Francisco, on the San Francisco side with the running backs, it's a little bit of a mess again. This guy might be coming back. That guy might miss. This guy might start. That guy might sit the bench. Last week, there was no even hint that Jared McKinnon wouldn't be on the field, and he was just absolutely sat on a bench. He played the first the first snap, and then you hear, oh, I want to get him some rest. We've been using him a lot lately. What the hell are you talking about? It's the middle of the football season. You're fighting in the best division. The best division in the NFL. You need every good player you can get on the field. And Jeff Wilson goes off and then sadly injures himself. So uh, let's get to let's get to the, the plays in this game that you like, TJ. And uh, for me, on the San Francisco side, I'll just say, especially with Debo out, I think uh, Brandon Ayuk is a guy that is going to be a focal point of that 49er offense. So who else? Sorry, I was muted there for a second. Uh Definitely, I agree. he's without question the best play on the San Francisco side. And the way this uh, Seattle team gets absolutely decimated by the pass, uh, Jimmy G is in play at 5,400 as well, which just sounds gross, but here we are. So uh, if you're fading Adams, you can put Kittle in there too. Uh, I think I think they're going to have to throw. I don't think they're going to get it done with the run game, especially where it looks like uh, Hasty leads the running rushing attack. Uh, even if they go back to McKinnon playing a uh, normal workload, that's not a heavy rushing workload. You know, there, there's a lot of passing game usage in there. 
as far as uh, the comeback on the Seattle side, I, I want to attack San Francisco through the slot. I want to use Lockett. Uh, I think he's got a better matchup again. And especially if Rhett is following uh, DK, much the way Peterson did last week, uh, I think we get a little bit of value there in Lockett. Matt, um, are we going to see the vaunted running back matchup of DJ Dallas versus Jamichael Hasty this week? I mean, my Scott Fishbowl team hopes so because I drafted <laughs> oh. Hasty and has, he's uh, he's survived on my team since I haven't paid a ton of attention to it. Uh, so yeah, I, I sure hope so. Um, anyway, I thought you were too hasty with that. Pick. <laughs> oh, that jokes on a Wednesday night. Yeah, Ayuk is 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 a solid play. Like, obviously, you want to play Lockett, but like, are you willing to are you willing to eat all of that chalk? Um, I'm definitely not playing him in cash. Uh, I think he'll he'll probably end up he'll definitely be less owned than uh, than Adams, and he'll probably be kind of on par with with Keenan um, as you know two of the top three uh owned wide receivers on the slate uh, i mean you you would just have to get weird if you're gonna throw lock in a lineup like the rest of your lineup just has to be uh pretty unique but um yeah i i mean i pretty much i pretty much agree with everything everything tj already said uh yeah i just want i just want to figure out ways to get Ayuk into as many lineups as possible and not yeah. play Jimmy G, even though I feel like he probably should, but I don't want to. A reminder: the Seahawks have allowed twenty-five points in ten straight home games. So. The Legion yeah, in of Man. And <laughs> that game last week, um, I I took the over, and right before halftime, the the Seahawks are about to go in, and they they throw the interception, and Metcalf tr- tracks a Buda Baker down, and then they don't score. And I'm like, oh man, this is this sucks for the over. Well, those two teams combined for 24 points in the final four minutes and change of the first half. It's just, uh, it's nothing but goodness coming both ways from Seattle this year. So I will be on that game because I was not on it off last week, and it cost me dearly. Uh, as that's going to be it for the week eight on the Daily DFS podcast. Again, find us on Twitter at on the Daily DFS. If you're listening to this. And not watch wearing a shirt that says freedom and fantasy football because I love America. I love this country. And I don't care who you vote for. But go out and vote this week. Exercise your right to don't sit on this election. It's the most important time in this country. So if I leave you with anything this week, it is go out and vote. Guys, anything you want to say before we part ways? Just pray for the Jets.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.